Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by our other co-host, John Kirby. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby, and as always, follow the mothership uh, at The Only Colors. Now, we're going to start today's podcast um, talking about something that doesn't take place um, on the basketball court or the football field. Um, but we're going to start today talking about uh, the case involving Dr. Larry Nasser. Um, if somehow you haven't been been following this, he is in today. Uh, Wednesday was day two of a four day trial of his, um, where he is being accused of um, sexual sexually harassing, I believe, over a hundred uh, young women, um, both during his time at Michigan State uh, and while he was the uh, working with the USA Gymnastics Program, um, some of the most high-profile athletes to, to pass through the USA Gymnastics Program have come out uh, as part of the Me Too movement to speak up about um, the sexual abuse that, that they suffered. Um, it's not something that we are technically, you know, usually used to, to covering on, on podcasts like this. But, um, as we did last year with the, with the football scandals, um, we feel it's really important to talk about because this is an issue that, um, has affected hundreds, uh, if not thousands of lives. And, um, I think what John and I want to want to say more than anything is that, um, as with the scandals in football last year, we want everybody that was aware or, or even remotely complicit to, to be held to the, to the highest standard of the law. Um, and I know this, this conversation is not an easy one to have by any stretch. Um, but, uh, it is 1000% worth having. Yeah, no, you're totally right, Austin. It's, it's, um, it's important. And I think to start, uh, I think you hit it on the head. It's a difficult thing to talk about, one that I am guilty of passing over in my Twitter feed, in my news feed, because I'm afraid of what I'm going to see, because a thing that I love was a part of something so awful. Yep. And and that's shame on me, um, and I think it's important for us to, to address it. In general, if things are hard to talk about, it's probably worth talking about, right? Like, yep. the, you know, there's, there's, it's okay uh, to have hard discussions. This, what happened and, and what took place under um, Michigan State's roof, uh, it, 
it's this a deeply rooted, disgusting trail of events. And um, all we can hope for is that justice is served. And, and to your point, Austin, it's it's a problem that if there's any silver lining, uh, raises eyebrows and, and, and awareness across the country, not just in the Michigan state's walls, so that mm. these types of things don't happen ever. Um, I think it's really hard as well, as I also mentioned, because you, we, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably really like Michigan state sports. You know, you, yeah. you probably really like the institution, perhaps even love it. Um, it's okay to hate things. It's okay to hate things that you love. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those things. Um, yeah, it's 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 deeply disgusting and and disturbing, um, and, and the evidence is just so enormous. It's 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 upsetting, like you said. That's some some institution that that we as, as fans and people and just as people love, it's so deeply upsetting that something like this can go on under the, under their roof, potentially while they knew it was going on. Now we're not the experts here by any stretch. Um, if you want to continue following this trial, which I would highly recommend, like John said, it's not, it's not fun. But it is something that I think, as as you know, Michigan State uh, loyalists, um, you can't just be there for the sports. You got to be there. You, you you need to hold your leaders accountable uh, because they lead an institution where young people are supposed to grow and and become good people, not be subject to uh, these horrible crimes. So um, if you want to follow along with this trial, I highly recommend um, there's a couple different good outlets. The Indie star has been covering it really well. ESPN released a huge piece on it earlier this week. Um, and the, the the LSJ news uh, Twitter feed has been in the courtroom the last two days. Um, and I'm sure will be uh, continuing from here on out. But I think, um, again, we're not experts here, so I'm, I don't think we're going to talk about consequences or, or anything like that uh, at this point because there's simply mm-hmm. we're we're not the experts on the matter, um, and so it would all be speculation and, and hearsay. But I, I will say that I, I think, regardless of the stature of the individual found to have known about this type of thing, no no matter who it is, if they, if you knew and are even remotely complicit title, everything just goes completely out the window. And, and they, that those people need to be held accountable and, and, and I guess prosecuted to the yep. fullest extent of the law, because there, there's right. no middle ground on a thing like this. There's no nothing. It, it is. It, if you put sport above human life. Yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If that because you you make that, and I'm not speculating that anyone did this, but that is potentially up in the air. If you you chose that, that's how you're prioritizing thing. That hey, if you I can't help you, man. Yeah. And and, and that's too bad. I guess um, you know. I just wanted to get out that I think one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is because um, sharing, having these type of conversations, um, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say normalizes, but it, it makes it easier 
to in the yeah, future. Sure. Uh, to have these types of conversations to make that easier. Correct. Sure. The, the conversations makes it easier in the future. Um, and I think it's okay to, to your point to, to expect and hold the thing that you love accountable. Um, that's why you love it. You, you want it and, and it's okay to be mad or disgusted or frustrated and, and candidly, you know, if we are complacent or idle, how can we be, how can we accuse others of doing the same? Mm-hmm. Um, we get, should hold them to a high standard, um, for their actions or non-actions. Yeah. And inaction, I think that's an important clarification too, is like inaction in, in situations like these is, is just as bad. It's if not worse, if you're, if, if whoever knew and was complicit in this and, uh, even if you didn't know, but you kind of had an idea and you were aware that you need to be, uh, you need to be punished appropriately and, and, and harshly. And I think everybody would agree with that. So, yeah, no, you're right. The word is accountability. Um, people, Hey, if we're going to yell at, uh, our offensive coordinators, right. You need to yell 10 times as loud at your, you know, the people in, in your leadership positions that may or may not be, you know, <laughs> you got it. knowing about something like this. So again, um, definitely recommend following this on the Indy star or ESPN or LSJ news. Those three outlets in particular are doing a great job. Um, and, um, stay in tune yeah. and, and act. Absolutely. Have these conversations on your own. Yeah. With others. Yeah. yeah because it's, it's, it's important. And, uh, we will, you know, cover this as as it kind of unfolds so um definitely wanted to make sure that we sort of got that uh covered here in the podcast so um let us know what you think yeah you know i'm interested i'm interested in in the spirit of continuing a dialogue you know um as in in this and i say dialogue i i want i'm hoping it's constructive yeah and and not with rumors or let's you know fact-based conversations and Mm -hmm. you know let's at the very least, try and and learn. Yeah, and 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 you. It's funny. I was I was actually asked about this a, a while ago uh, on Twitter, and I, I apologize for just getting to this now. But I think with the actual trial taking place, this was the correct kind of timing for it. So, um, but I was asked about, you know, someone's on Twitter said that they were really kind of beginning to grow conflicted about you know, their connection to the, to the school. And can I root for a program that's undergone, um, you know, or, or, or a, a, an athletic department that's undergone a lot of mm-hmm. really, uh, bad things in the last yeah. year and a half or so. And, and I think John's point is, is the right one. Um, I, I think anybody would be entitled to that. If that affects your feelings, then, you know, I, I completely 1000% understand that. But, um, I think the best way to, to deal with that is to put your thoughts into action to, to, um, you know, hold those people accountable, have those discussions, write those letters, um, present yourself, uh, in that manner and make your opinions known. So, um, again, just wanted to make sure that we, we talked about this and, and looking forward to, to a more extended and, um, fact-based dialogue, but, um, not much of a transition to be had here, but we are going to now talk about football before we get into yeah. basketball. We just so, can't stop. Yeah. Football. Well, season's you know, over, listen, but... football season never ends. That's true. Um, it, 
it is hard to talk sports after a conversation like that, but we are going to try to try to do so here. Um, on the football field and on you know in the locker room, there there have been a lot of a lot of cha- honestly just a lot of changes. So mm-hmm. I, you know, we talked about the Hunter Ryzen uh, departure last week. We talked about Messiah um, Deweaver taking off. Uh, we also talked about some of the assistant coaches. You know, uh, Harlan Barnett. Yep. And Mark Snyder uh, departing from Florida State. Well, we're going to start with the coaches here. We don't have a lot to go on, so we're just kind of dropping this in here as a point. But you know, there are there is some speculation that uh, some moves are going to be made here pretty soon. No yep. real names attached to them concretely just yet, but it would make sense. Um, I'm sure Michigan State, you know, to start that next level of recruiting and and, and get these these players familiar with their, their guys here during the, the winter practices before spring. Um, it makes it or winter workouts. I should say before spring yep. it makes a lot of sense to replace them soon. Um, but in terms of transfers, there was another transfer. Oh now this one, I think this one didn't surprise me as much player wise, but timing wise, it was very surprising. But, uh, wide receiver, Tristan Jackson, mm-hmm. Toogie is, uh, now a Syracuse orange. He's an orange. Not an orange man, just an orange. No, they're orange. They're not orange men anymore. Correct. All right, got it. Um, That is surprising, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I I couldn't help but think, like, Tristan had, like, filed his paperwork and was going through all this whole process, and then all of a sudden... Hunter Horizon's dad is like, oh, Hunter's transferring. And yeah. he's like, wait, never mind. What? What? Huh? But I already, well, I already did. The you way. signed the paper. I already did the, all the this, things. <laughs> I guess I'm out of here too. Yeah. That, uh, so it's surprising that it came in the, in the wake of Hunter Horizon departing because you would have thought, although Tristan was more of an, you know, uh, an outside receiver than a slot receiver. You just would have thought that opened up options for him. He yeah. was shaky enough and slippery enough to, to kind of be a slot receiver eventually. So it is um, surprising so, to see him go. So now on the two deep, that opens hmm. up a position. Hmm. One of which someone will play next year that did took no snaps. Yeah. That, right? Or, or very minimal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your top three, you've got... Felton. You know, Felt Felton. Strong. Well, this is another. This is like <laughs> don't don't get too worried yeah. about this, honestly, unless people get hurt, knock on wood. But you've got Felton, Daryl Stewart, Cody. And, and Cody White. I mean, those are three really good receivers. And then behind them you got uh you know Larice. Cam Chambers. Cam Chambers. And then there's that sixth option. Well, we're not sure. We don't know. Andrew Welch. There maybe. Uh, Potentially, there could be an athlete that moves over. I mean, they, they have a couple athletes. Corners. Um, there's some kids coming in. Plenty coming of in. kids coming in. There's um, Javez Alexander. Wow, that was bad. Javez Alexander is coming in. Um, uh, the wide receiver from Pennsylvania, Julian Major, is coming in. There are guys. They're going to have plenty of opportunities. Uh, but there are a couple scholarships left here in the 2018 class. And if I'm a receiver. Hmm. That's looking nice to me right now. I'm seeing real PT a this year, and then moving forward, Felton's going to be gone. Yeah, Stewart's gone to like a year after yeah. that. Like, you know, you might you got some, some tick. Yeah, and so there are two recruits in particular that I believe we've touched on here before: um, Tommy Bush and Speedy Naylor. Great names. Yeah, phenomenal names. Just really good football. <laughs> Strong. Names. Um, so Speedy, Speedy Naylor um, is from Nevada. He is. Uh, Michigan State commit Jacob Isaiah. I could be saying that name wrong. Um, 
an offensive guard from Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, it's his teammate. He officially visited this past weekend and apparently was just floored. Um, he's a little slot receiver. He's actually very similar to Hunter Risen in his profile um, and kind of the way he plays the game. So you would think that uh, I'm not saying you're necessarily fully on commitment commitment watch, but um, I, I would be surprised. It, it would be tough for him to find a better situation. There's been a lot of buzz around him yeah. recently. Um, Tommy Bush, on the other hand, he has put Michigan State in his top three, but he's got some. He's got a lot of big dogs coming he's got after some shooters. him. Yeah, so he's got. Uh, I know he's going to visit Ole Miss soon. Uh, Georgia, I believe. Yeah, you ever heard of them? Heard of them? Heard of them? Yeah, uh, they're in there. I believe Texas might get uh, one of his final official visits, or maybe his last one. So um, there's plenty of competition for Tommy Bush, but I think if both of them tried to commit, um, Michigan State would would take them both. Okay, so that brings up a question, um, and, and I guess we'll just pop up the one. Usually, we save the one big question for the end. If you're new to the podcast, well, we don't, you know, things are. Uh, We're little, bad boys. <laughs> I'm a rebel. We just do whatever we want. So, uh, who is your favorite Michigan State player that transferred of all time? Okay, and you can go either way on this one: football or basketball. Yeah, and they could have transferred into the program or out of the program. Yeah. Okay. So I thought about this. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, uh, John told me this question before. Um, it's an important one. It's important. So uh, I'm going to start with football, and I'd like to hear yours as well. Okay. Uh, the the saddest one for me in terms of leaving was a pretty recent one, and if you've been listening to this pod for the last couple of years, you'll you'll know. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it was Craig Evans. Yeah. I loved Craig Evans. I'm so happy. I mean, I, I feel like he's out there. So I, feel, I can't remember where he, he ended up. Oh, no, Enoch, Tom, Enoch Smith. Yeah, I think it is Oregon State. Enoch Smith ended up at uh, Oklahoma State. Okay. But Craig Evans, if you remember him as a true freshman along that defensive line that had Shalik. Uh, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it McDowell? Because that was the playoff year. He was. He was finding the field. Yeah, wasn't that? That was the playoff year. Yeah, and he was just. Man, he was so good. But yeah, that was Shalik, Malik. Uh, Lawrence Thomas, Joel Heath. I mean, that squad, Strong. if I remember correctly, was loaded, and he was getting a lot of burn on that team. Yep. Like, he was getting a lot of burn. Um, and he was just, he was the perfect nose tackle. And Malik McDowell was the perfect compliment to him. And he just seemed like such a lovable big fella, and he was kind of tubby, and I just, I liked it. And it's, <laughs> it's a shame he couldn't keep up um, academically. I believe yeah. that that was one of the reasons that he, he had to transfer, so that was a sad one for me. Uh, and then my favorite transfer in, I was realizing there haven't been a lot of transfers into Michigan State football. No. At least ones that have made like real genuine impact. We all we all were <laughs> we played the D'Anthony Arnett game. Yeah, that was for no, years. And that was no fun. <laughs> um that was no fun for anybody. The but, top uh, of like every message. Oh man, we wanted him so bad. And he was nasty his freshman year at Tennessee. He just kinda never Never climbed. In his defense, there were a lot of good receivers in front of him. There were like sure. five or six really good receivers yeah. in front of him. But, I mean, God, dog, don't get our hopes up like that. Um, so mine is probably Keith Nickel. Yeah. Which is funny because originally when he transferred, he was disappointing because you thought, um, yeah, he's going to beat out this Cousins guy. And everybody thought he was going to come to Michigan State in the first place yeah. before he ever went to Oklahoma. He's like the savior. Oh, yeah. He was the savior yeah. of the program. He was going to be that big in-state 
you know, Mr. Football, you know, guy to bring Michigan State back yeah. from the doldrums, but instead goes to Oklahoma, loses out to Sam Bradford, who's, yeah, he's a rich man and still in the NFL. Um, won the Heisman, NBD, top pick, whatever. Um, and <laughs> then came back to East Lansing, lost to, out to Kirk Cousins. Richest dude in the About game. to make like $35 million a year next year. Dude, tough draw, Keith. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, and he was in the same room with Nick Foles, too. Yeah. He's, yeah, tough time. But he's a good announcer. But then, you know, he became a pretty useful receiver. Yeah. And at, you remember his first game was Texas Tech when all hands on mm. deck. After the Rather Hall incident. That's right, yeah. And he, so was, he had never, like, taken reps. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And yeah. then, but he was responsible for some of the, some really fun moments. You know, the the, the, lateral, uh, to the lateral to BJ Cunningham, the Big Ten Championship game. I mean, he caught the Hail Mary against yes. Wisconsin. So he He's, turned into a pretty reliable player. He will always have, yeah, I mean, this man is... Gets free beer in East Lansing. Uh, yeah, he probably did that. <laughs> um, Dude, one quick. You got some more? Yeah. Um, one. Um, yeah. Going back to Keith Nickel. <laughs> he was all. I mean, yeah, he was funny. You know, talk about making lemonade out of lemons, man. Dude, no kidding. Uh, so I, I loved him for that, and uh, my, the best man in my wedding picked him off in high school. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, he was a cat. Casual. D end too. Dude, that zone that might have been that, that zone drop. That might have been the I, moment. I saw everything I needed to see on that. Football that might have been the moment. I was. Calling. Were you like, go to Oklahoma? And I was like, yeah, I don't. I don't know about this guy. Get ahead. <laughs> Can't read zone drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Getting picked off by a high school defensive yeah. end is rarely good. <laughs> Not a tip ball. Rarely good. <laughs> so, um, my favorite transfer. Jeez, I have weirdly a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, some some favorites. Uh, Bryn Forbes. Sure. I mean, that's that's the that's yeah, the that's, that's, the that's a great one. That's one that's like you forgot that he transferred yeah. because he, he became felt such so a ingrained, right? Yeah. Um, one that we talk talk about great moments. Um, we talked a little about Corey Lucius. That makes me sad. He, he was my he's the one for basketball that makes me sad because I mean, he was so fun. Yeah, I mean, he, I have some great Corey Lucius stories once we get to the doldrums of summer. <laughs> but, but Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of that group, too. The him, him, Darrell Summers, yes. and Chris Allen. Yeah, I've got a couple got of them, too. So hold us accountable, and we'll tell yeah, some doozies later Please on. ask this summer. <laughs> um, so then, uh, but my favorite of all time, and it's it's kind of odd. I just have this affinity for Marv. Marv Marvin Clark? Well, shout out Joe Tooey, because... Equally? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, Joe Tui is the president, the self-proclaimed president of the Marvin Clark fan club. I'm not trying to like one up, but like, mm. and I'll have to ask him. Let's start just, some Twitter beef. I'd I'm like not, to see this. No beef, but like, do you have an ESPN alert for St. John's basketball? Because <laughs> I'm sad that I do. <laughs> I mean, we might, I, we, I think it's fair to say that at the only colors in the alums and the current, the current. Wave, we have the two biggest Marvin Clark fans on the planet. Huge stand for him, man. I don't know. He was good. We could have used him. I think my favorite, if we're going to do favorite, if we're talking about moments, the Big Ten tournament dunk from the baseline. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, my. Shazam. And uh, in the, I mean, I I could gush all day. Yeah. Miss the guy. Uh, But, yeah, who I'm interested to hear some other people's favorite transfers, in or out. Yeah, uh, over the years. One of the ones that um, before I knew, like brain injuries were a thing, mm. and like CTE was a bad, bad deal. Yeah. One of my favorites was Nehemiah Warwick. 
because yeah. he just loved to lead with his head over the middle. Before oh. that was like not a thing. Like before anybody acknowledged that that this was, was bad. Like if he did that now, people oh. would be like, suspend a student forever. No, like, like, never let him play again because like play. what he did against Wisconsin. I remember Kyle when, Jefferson. Yes. Oh. I remember being in the in the Breslin. It was during the Izone campout. I think it was my sophomore year. Yeah. Um, watching that game in the Breslin, and that got that stadium got as loud for that hit that they were showing on the big screen as it did for any moment of any game that I watched there. It was insane. Two times. I in enjoyed him though because he was Peter Warwick's yeah. cousin too. Two times in my life I've ever spilled my beer watching uh, <laughs> Michigan State sports. Yeah. The f- that hit. That's fair. And the second was uh, Darrell Summers on oh, UConn yes. uh, over Stanley Robinson. Uh, I remember that one as well. Things that like shock you physically. Yeah. Then, those were two things that shocked me physically. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got to say, just since we're talking about that dunk, and then we'll get to the actual basketball that just happened, which is much sadder. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was at that game when Darrell Summers dunked that ball. Oh. And like I was there with an, for an internship – and I was standing on like the concourse, uh-huh. and I remember seeing that dunk, and then hearing that stadium that like it's the loudest nor- noise I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and no it, doubt. And then that was when I turned and was just like, "Oh boy!" Like yeah. that. I think we're actually going to win this game. Like I, I'll never forget watching that and just being like aghast at what I had just saw. Because Stanley Robinson, yeah. for those the uninitiated, was like the best shot block. Him and yeah. to beat. Yeah, they 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 Him were a, a to wall. Beat. They were impossible to score on, and Summers if you got a little lucky with his dunk, but man, in the moment, it was... Whew. He lined it up. Oh, he lined him up from, the, from, the, from half court. You don't do that! No, you're not. Especially when you're, in this bar- final four? When you're barely 6'4". Yeah. Yeah, no. You're if not you, supposed to do if, that. If you're a younger listener and you're unfamiliar, you're oh, go watch... YouTube I, it. And then watch it's there. And then watch the Corey Lucius shot. Oh, that and one brought me to my knees. That's that that legitimately only uh, there have been two Michigan State. No, I shouldn't say that because there's I think there's a lot yeah, more. Yeah, there are only a few Michigan State moments to truly make like actually bring me physically to tears. Yeah. Um, one was walking into the Rose Bowl. I was weeping yeah. like a child the entire way. <laughs> uh, even though I got it, I have a video of that. It's bad. Um, <laughs> hey, and man. then the other one was when Corey Lucius made that shot because yeah. it was the emotions combined of like Kalen just got hurt, who was one of my favorite Spartans of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grievous Vazquez, mm-hmm. who I still hate because of that, yeah. uh, nearly brought them back. And um, effort. And they had, and I remember my place was, my house was going nuts. This is my senior year. Yeah. My house is going bananas. And then. When the commercial break between Maryland was down one with the ball with yeah. like 15 seconds left, yeah, it goes completely radio silent. Yep. No one says a word yep. for that full minute yep. or 30 second break. Grievous comes out, scores, and people start like getting ready to throw stuff. And then Corey makes that three, and I fell to my knees and started crying. Chaos. It was incredible. Let's hope we can get some moments like that again this year, dude. I think huh? we might be able to. <sighs> so. So what? That's what, a that. Talk yeah, hoops. Yeah. Got to. Uh, we should probably talk he, he, talk basketball before before we get started. Do you know why the highs are so high? Because, because the lows are low. The lows get low. We had a low. Yeah. Ah. We've had we've had three lows in a row. Yeah. So well, I uh, think we reached our lowest with this last game. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't tempt I, it. Ugh. 
So, um, if you were fortunate enough to miss the game on mm-hmm. Saturday, uh, I envy you. The Michigan Wolverines came into East Lansing and took care of business. Yeah, uh, there was a lot more bad than good. Yeah, there were some good things. Uh, we, I, I, I can th- think of two, and let's let's talk about them. Yeah, one isn't anything we haven't covered before, but I, I mean. Jaron Jackson is an absolute avatar. Like this, this dude is Stunt. so ready to be next level. Stunt. And I said this on, I said this on Twitter, and I got some eye rolls. Um, but like, you can't tell me this dude isn't a unicorn. You can't point. Go look at pictures of Giannis, Giannis. from his That's rookie we, year. You, showed, you showed me, yeah, John showed me this picture of Giannis from his his rookie year, and then put it next to Jaron Jackson and. Find me the difference. And and th- to the point, Giannis compared to that picture now is like... Oh, he's uh, made of stone. It's like when you have a puppy and you can't really see him grow because right. you're too close to it. Yes. And then like you're like, oh, wow, my dog's an adult now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that is Giannis. And that's why NBA scouts are like... Oh, oh my God, it's Jaron Jackson. There is so... Well, and Jaron Jackson's already a better shooter than him. And listen, the comparison between the two, it's so it, ridiculous. No, and but, we're not saying that that he had... We're saying he has the body type that makes yeah, people sell. He, he, there's no reason you can't look at him and think... And you've seen him. He started to handle the ball more in this game. Like, oh. he can get to the rack. He had a couple huge dunks, a couple yeah. massive blocks. Like There was a four-minute span where it was all Jaron Jackson in the first half. I mean, he was the only guy that was just making play after play after play. Yeah. He's already a great shooter. Mm-hmm. He's got a beautiful free throw stroke. Like, every single part of the game is there. I think this kid is a lock as a top five pick. And yeah. But but the comparison I made on Twitter, which I want to say is, I, I've watched DeAndre Ayton play, and that dude is, is mm. real good. Mm-hmm. But you can't find... To me, I think Ayton's ahead of him mm-hmm. right now. But, like... Defensively, Aiton's not nearly as good. I'm just saying. I think they're in the same caliber. I'm excited for the draft. I'm I excited like, for the draft. I like the. I yeah, love the NBA. Me draft. too. I, I, love, <laughs> I just love the NBA. Me too. And maybe we're weird for that. No, but um, you're weird. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned there were a couple things. Jaron yeah. Jackson being one. The other. Uh, Xavier Tillman's going to be good. That was nice. He's he. I'm excited, and and John and I were watching this game together this past weekend, and I was saying during the game that it, I think not only did Michigan State find a, a player that is – I mean, he's your starting four next year. There's no question. Mm-hmm. When you look at the attrition, he's absolutely yes. your starting four next yes. year. Um, but I think they found a guy who can who's getting ready to be able to play 10 minutes a game now. Like it, yeah. and, and I don't see any reason that he can't be like a 3-4 flex – type of player. I don't think he's necessarily a five because he doesn't have the back of the basket game or really the athleticism at this point, like, like, like straight up and down type yeah. athleticism. But, um, it's there, man. He's got a feel for the game and, and I enjoyed, and he just seems to have the right, the right attitude at this point. Um, I, I think you just found a, more depth, which is crazy. So here's where I take issue with those two positives and I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> this is, I'm going to get riled up. I can tell. Yeah. It's cooking in me. Oh, yeah. The two people that you just mentioned that had, that were the only positives of the game are freshmen. Yep. Freshmen in the rivalry game. They've never played Michigan before. Yeah. They don't understand the hate. 
They should, and how could they? No. And that's the thing that I told myself last year when, uh, you know, the class went into Ann Arbor and just got, just got trounced. Bolt race. Yeah. And so I said to myself, well, how could they know? They, they were playing some seniors, you know, they, yeah. you don't understand the rivalry and, and that's that. Fast forward to this year, home game. Yeah. And there is no urgency, oh. no emotion. No, nothing in, and, and I take severe issue with that because that's not a thing you can coach. No, you, it's not. That's not a thing. Which is a problem. I can't tell you to get, ex- I can't, no one can. Tom Izzo can't. Tom Izzo coaches, has coached in hundreds of games. He's coached in dozens of rivalry games. He's not hundreds of rivalry games. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously. So he can only give. He can only do so much. He, he has said before, time and time again, his best teams are player-led teams. Of course. Where your your guy, when I mean, and, and the proof's in the pudding. Where the some of the best teams he ever had were guys like you know leaders he had were guys like Mateen Cleaves and Draymond Green. I can't help you, Lou Rawls, Nairn. Yeah. No, I and 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 if we're gonna keep playing the same card and all the everyone wants to say the same, you know. Cliches, yeah, about how much of a leader. I have no doubt that he is a a fine young man. By all indications, he's a fantastic person. That's not the issue. I take issue when people continue to say how much of a leader he is, and then in the biggest spotlight chance for a leader yeah. to come through is unable to rally his team. Yeah, and. And you don't it, have to play to do that, by well, the way. Well, no, but it's hard to. It's also hard at, at a certain point to to look at a guy who continues to make the same mistakes every single game, game in and out, game in and out, in a, game in and game out, and look at him and you know think of him as that same vocal, feisty leader. Yeah. Frankly, the players are attracted. In terms of leadership, they want to follow the alpha dog. They want to follow the best player. Mm-hmm. There is no shortage of great players on this Michigan State team, but it is it is becoming obvious, and it was obvious last year that th- there isn't there's no lead dog. Like in that huddle, it's Izzo screaming at everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not anybody, at least from what we can tell. Like we're not in that locker room, but you know, just from a fan's point of view, uh, you don't see guys stepping up and, and and doing what needs to be done or at least you haven't in the in the last three games in the big moments I'll tell you what I don't I think it's agreed upon that no one likes Mo Wagner okay Ugh. yeah of course I mean like yeah he's the best player on the rival team yeah. and he's easily you know not likable well guess what he did something that when you when you can when you know everyone hates you, all you can do is make them respect you. Yeah. I respect Channel him. Channel it. I respect him now. He's busted our ass at least twice. He, he led that team. He killed us. He, he made huge shots and when not the even, shots needed to be made. And, and not even on the like in the game, which was a great performance. I mean, as a leader. Oh, yeah. So, like, that, I mean, how are you not looking down at the other end of that court and being like, man, they got a dog. I mean, they like, got... Michigan State on the court got out executed. I think they got. I frankly think they got. I think Beeline wiped the floor with Izzo in this game. <laughs> the fact that Nick Ward 
was ever guarding Mo Wagner is insane. It's insane. And I don't like questioning Tom Izzo because no. it makes me question everything I've ever I know is learned in my life because this is a, this is, you know, one of my, you know, everybody's heroes and one of the, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But Nick Ward, you can't guard him. You have a 7 foot 3 wingspan, 7 foot tall monster in Jaron Jackson. An abs a monster. <laughs> and nice. he and you're not putting him on the only player on the other team that even remotely resembles him. Like I, I, I know Nick Ward is your best offensive presence, and he's improved his defense tremendously. Mm-hmm. But when you have this depth that they have in the front court, and you have such an obvious matchup, and you you can you can't be afraid to go to other people. Like I know you don't want to spin you, Nick Ward's pride is important. We've seen him pout this year, mm-hmm. um, and you don't want to send him into the doldrums. But dog. Like, you got to win this game. He got Mm -hmm. punked. Mm -hmm. Mo Wagner went for almost 30 points, just drilling threes. Putting, I mean, he put uh, war on skates more than one time. And at at a certain point, again, I know Izzo loves to teach his lessons. Uh, I don't think he particularly cares about losing games at this point in the year, regardless of how good this team is. And some... Conspiracy theorists will tell you that, you know, he, he's just doing stuff to prove a point and then this team will peak at the right time. And listen, he, he might be, but I, I I have a tough time buying that because I think he has some pride. I think he got I think he got out coached and Okay, we, we I'll save this for the overarching thoughts section, but I, I think I think he got out coached. I think the team got out executed. I think they got out wanted in their own home now let's go away from the coaches and the players for a second and let's talk directly to you listener if you are a part of the is own just stay at home next time just stay at home give someone else give somebody that wants to make some noise your ticket because what i heard or didn't hear on tv was embarrassing frankly it was embarrassing Mm -hmm. like you want to talk about a lack of emotion from your team? You know where a team can sometimes draw emotion from? The crowd. Yeah. And we want to say that we have this great student section and everything, and there is a tremendous history, but I tell you what, the game that I listened to where the alumni is own crowd was there yeah. was 10 times, 10 times, that was Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. 10 times louder than the crowd I heard against Michigan. This is Michigan. Like, yeah. what... The, was there has, another game on the schedule that you were excited about? Have, Spar- have, have Michigan State fans... If this has this generation, man, this is such a yell at yell at a cloud situation, but I don't care. Keep yelling. Has this generation of Michigan State fans become complacent in that we beat Michigan a lot, so it doesn't matter as much? I'd ref- is I, that true? I don't want to believe. I'm that. just saying because like, we when, got when, got last year. No, but, <laughs> and now this happens. I hate it. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that that was a. And they, listen, I'm not using the 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 crowd. That is as a not skate. why we lost. It's, no, it's far from the reason we lost. But you didn't help. And it, it's it, it's if the crowd's anything, it's supposed to be like the X factor, dude. Even on free throws, the people yeah. aren't even waving their hands. Like, I mean, like we kudos could... to the five people who bought who brought signs, but everybody else, dude, it was it was rough. You phoned it in, like give. give Give your no, just tickets to somebody else or step your game up. Or let's just now. have them play at IM West. And Honestly. Like, whatever. What's the difference? Throw a camera in there. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it on Periscope. Yeah. Live care. stream this thing. Someone tell me what happened. So, listen. 
that it was bad. This is just all bad. But we want to get to some some overarching thoughts. I think there there are positives to be brought out of this, but uh, we need to talk about some some overarching things that are, that are outstanding, sort of just tr- probable truths, and then things that can be can be fixed. Yeah. Um, the offense. We talked about it last week. It's like Izzo has slowly trans transferred from a by the book calling a set play yeah and waiting usually 10 seconds before the play starts yeah to to just this motion thing that no one's really no one is really cuts with a purpose i think the thing that bothers me the most is there is never any movement off the ball none Ever. it's obvious when you watch there's there and i don't necessarily know that this this is not a season long issue this issue has cropped up in the last handful of games. I mean, you put up. Listen, I know you're playing against Joe Schmo for those yeah. those stretch 100 point games, but like th- these last three games where you're playing real actual basketball teams, basketball teams, like you're getting you're stale. You're not moving. That's not how Michigan State plays. I know. If you want to UNLV run and rebel a team, um, that's not going to happen. I mean, like you, <laughs> I'm all about pace. But you can, you got to be able to create it on defense, yeah, <laughs> to get runouts, right? So like, let's just it's it's hard to watch. Um, I think it's half court stagnancy, and it's a problem. And what is sort of re- rearing its head is that what's frustrating is that it feels like the player that is struggling the most of that is Miles Bridges, yeah, um, and he is still your most talented player. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I guess Jaron Jackson's probably, you know, whatever. Either way, you're talking about a top, top 10 talent, uh, a game-changing type of talent, and his his ability to impact the game in a huge way is being negated by the way that I think he is choosing to play. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not – I think this motion offense, one of the concepts behind it is that it's up to the players on the court to make mm-hmm. a lot more decisions. Mm-hmm. Miles keeps making the same decision. He keeps getting stuck in the corner, driving baseline, wildly jumping up into the air. He's clearly hanging out with Tum Tum too much because <laughs> Tum Tum loves leaving his feet and making a stupid pass. And Miles, you know, f- because he's so athletically talented, he finishes some of those. Not with the thunderous dunks we saw a year ago, but with some of these crazy yeah. left hand finishes. And he makes some assists, but like he needs to be getting the ball. And he needs to get himself the ball in more advantageous positions because he turn it leads to turnovers, which yeah. are again another. You want to talk about overarching issues? I mean, that's an evergreen issue with yeah. Michigan State basketball. So, but I mean, it hasn't always been. And I guess I would say in the past, how many years? I mean, at least the past two. I guess <laughs> so, with Denzel and that team, it was it wasn't great either. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's not a, a normal thing, or maybe it's not a a completely abnormal thing. But like at the end of the day, man. But if if it's a new issue, look at how these last two teams have finished. Lost in the first round and lost in the second round. If this team wants to avoid a fate (laughs) somewhat similar to that one, you can't can't turn the ball over 18 times and expect to win a game. So, like, the simple solves, (laughs) there's there's a big, bigger problems, right? And and I do trust that uh, the head coach is capable of of making those adjustments. Yes, as do I. Um, I would say the solves that I can see from, you know, 30,000 feet is being careful with the ball, truly valuing possessions, yeah. right? Just value it. Not being lazy. Yeah. 
And then the second thing, get mean. Yeah. You can, you can't, you can, you can, you can be worse. You can be the worst team, but yeah. still win the game. Michigan just showed you how to do that. I mean, that's been Michigan State's MO for so long. I mean, I mean that's really, why it's that, hard, that's right? what makes this difficult to to deal with because frankly as MSU fans we're not used to watching a team that is so I mean this is the most talented team we've ever had I've been saying it all season yeah. but they don't have that that snarly mentality I mean Bridges he likes to make that snarly face but like they don't just you need to value I think you're absolutely right you need to value every single possession. You need to treat it like we might only score 55 points yep. in this game. We need to make the most of every single trip down the court because it's and and the, the other thing is it's not just one guy. It's four turnovers a game for Bridges. It's four turnovers a game for Winston. It's three a game for Ward. It's two a game for Langford. I mean, everybody makes these mistakes. Like you, something at this point in the season has to be drilled into their head that that they just can't do this anymore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's been hard to watch, but um the opportunities, look, I mean, we are, we are mid-January. Right. I They're mean, drying up. I mean, this is now, I mean, you are very quickly getting to a point where you are what you are. Mm-hmm. Okay? This doesn't mean that you can't turn it up. It doesn't mean it's not a bad two weeks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that. This doesn't necessarily mean, doesn't mean You're that, absolutely right. But, but, there are some hard truths that we have to face. Absolutely. And, and one of them... Is that the the Big Ten? I, Michigan State is going to be hard pressed to win the Big Ten. Yeah, really hard pressed. Purdue in the driver's seat. Ohio State in the driver's seat. Yeah, both undefeated. I, I mean, I I I am I'm hard. I'm trying so hard to find two losses on Purdue's schedule. Well, two. You can't. I yeah. can't. So and 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 then I also look at Michigan State's schedule after watching the way they've played the last three games right. and saying to myself. I know, obviously they are capable of running the table, but all of a sudden yeah, that yeah, prospect seems a little. I mean that two and a half poll I put still out a couple up, weeks still ago alive, that baby. does not look good. Still right alive. That did not age well. Um, <laughs> but but all takes okay, I'm gonna get hammered by them soon, uh, which I deserve. There's still hope. Um, but yeah, it it's it's disappointing. I think that that you're at this point. Um, I didn't think this. I personally didn't think this team was capable of a stretch like this, where they just look so uninspired. Um, and it's interesting now because you kind of look back retrospectively and you look at the the games where they just tore North Carolina apart, they tore Notre Dame apart, um, and, and kind of worked their way through the to the PK eighty and and just pretty much smeared everybody else yeah. they played. And you just wonder, like, yeah, look at the close games they've had. Or, or look at like the big pressure situations they've been put in. Duke choked. Mm-hmm. Ohio State just Wasn't got punched close. in the mouth, <laughs> and then Michigan, you, you know, you got out. You just got flat out beat, and, and you came out flat in a game that all you needed to do was come out fired up, and you would have won. And they squeaked by Rutgers, and you barely won Rutgers in the middle there. So it's it's tough. And one thing I do want to talk about before we start looking ahead to to the next few games. The popular answer here, mm-hmm. which is coming up uh, to, to MSU's problems, is that uh, people think Miles Bridges needs to spend more time at the four. You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. You're absolutely. I one thousand percent think you are wrong for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
First of all, I talked about depth earlier. This team is incredibly deep in the front court. By playing him at the four, you you, eliminate. you, lo- you lose that. You lose that. You take one of those bodies off the floor, and then to double that up, you give more time to either Tum Tum Nairn, Matt McQuaid, or Kenny Goins. Sorry. I'm just not doing it's a that. Net no, those equation. are. I mean, those are those are three guys who can give you minutes. Yeah. But those are not three guys you can put on the court together, and you cannot bring one of them in regularly at the expense of Jaron Jackson, Gavin Schilling, or Nick Ward. You or just, Xavier Tillman. Or Xavier Tillman. At this point, you just can't. You can't do it. So what needs to be done is one of two things. Now, if you want Miles in the post more, that's okay. But then you need to move Jaron Jackson out to the perimeter more, where he has shown he can. You know, if if he's willing to put himself in the positions that Miles Bridges should be putting himself in. We've seen he can drive the ball. We've seen he can dish the ball. We've seen he can shoot the three better than Miles Bridges. Maybe he needs to be out there. But then the flip side of that is he's now away from the rim offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Bridges just needs to become the player that he, he needs to start making better decisions of where he's getting the ball. And, and Cassius Winston has to get him the ball in better places. So um, him playing the four full-time is absurd to me that that's your best selection now i think flipping him maybe getting him the ball on the elbow and getting jaron the ball on the perimeter more might make more sense but you know i don't think i don't think miles at the four is the answer so we, we don't know what the answer is we don't and i and back to now we've got some games to figure it out <laughs> it's all you can do right and we got a couple uh coming up um friday uh against indiana and then monday against illinois with this new Fox contract, yeah, Friday Monday games. Sure. Remember, we used to only do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Big Ten matchups. Yeah, and now if and then one on if, CBS on the weekend yep. sometimes. Yeah, the, with the showcase. Yep. The Monday Friday is odd to me. It's I, weird. I mean, it's not, I don't hate the I don't Friday. Hate it. Hey, hey, and maybe that's what Izzo needs to get a little tuned up. Yeah, before. guys. You know <laughs> what? There you go. As long as you're of age. Maybe maybe drink a little before the games. <laughs> Whatever. The football it's... student section is always loud, and people are always late because they're tailgating. So maybe we just need to start. Get that one though, because like no, but I'm just saying, yeah. use that. Yeah. Do that again. Sure. Do that more. Bring your bring your A game, but bring your green hat. <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we play Indiana and uh, Illinois. Both these teams are bad. They're I think that's worth saying. Bad at basketball. The sport of basketball. Illinois. Is the worst team in the Big Ten, which is this year. By the way, we should say this real quick. The reason why the Big Ten might be locked up is because teams like Indiana, Indiana currently is the fifth best team in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and they're really bad. Every team from five down, five through 14, is terrible. You just have a hard time seeing like a Purdue slip up. Yeah. Right? Is kind of what you're getting at. Now, granted, Indi- they're not good teams. They'd be huge upsets. That's what you're, that's what I'm getting at. Like, and, you know, um, Indiana is, quote, or unquote, hot right now. They've won three games in a row. They won at Minnesota, which is its own dumpster fire. Um, yeah, dude, talk about a mess. Penn State, which is team chaos. Um, and then Northwestern, which managed to be a, the biggest disappointment maybe in college basketball. For, for the Northwestern program to be a disappointment yeah. says a lot. About the way they're you're right, going. man. But it truly is. They are. Yeah, they're they not are, responding well to expectations. They are and eight. There is like the the smallest of spotlights put on them, and they have not been oh, able to. They hit. wilted. <laughs> we talk about crumbling. Yeah, yeah, not great, dude. Um, but but so Indiana comes to town, and you know Austin, I've been, there's been a lot of we've been kind of um, 
the negative. Yeah, kinda, about our own team. Yeah. It's not fun. I'm going to turn around here. I, I'm going to take channel that some of that negativity. I'm going to point it somewhere else. Yes. I'm going to put it at uh, hashtag IUBB. <laughs> I, I am sh- I This program has always fascinated me. You know, if if the allure of Indiana basketball is is something from uh, generations past, mm-hmm. okay, yesteryear, yeah, I think, if you will. I mean, we're talking like grainy footage when when you talk about like when people talk about them as as a blue blood. I am sh- like truly, and I am shocked at times. When people they they consider themselves to be a thing that they just they are not. They remind me so much of Michigan football. Oof. Get them. They, they they are they think that they're a thing that they're not. Like they are, don't understand that they are like the the joke of the room. Like you mm-hmm. don't get to walk around. You are old old money and you're broke. Okay, <laughs> so like you might have like a really nice last name. But dude, yeah. you have no, nothing in the bank account. Yeah, this is a team like they they ran Tom Crean out of town. You can like or not like the guy. That's not the point. That dude won. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all of a sudden it wasn't like quote up to their standards. Yeah, dude, since '93, Indiana, you've been to one Final Four. Okay, '93. Okay, twenty-five years. That's one Final Four. In the entire lifetime of anyone on their roster, <laughs> there are to put context on that. Indiana, seven other Big Ten teams have gone to the Final Four since that time. Yeah, you are not special. <laughs> you are just a team in the Big Ten. There are coaches on the Indiana basketball staff. They weren't alive for the 1987 championship. Do not talk to me about banners. Yeah. Don't do it. No. There are coaches, teachers. That weren't alive that the last time you were relevant. Okay? Where do you guys get off with this silver spoon mentality? Like, because it's not from recency. No. I, you have done nothing lately. Like, Tom Crean inherited a dumpster fire. Yeah, from a Calvin disaster. Sanson. Well, the the sanctions had from a lot him. to do that. Yeah. From him. Right. He cheated. Right. No doubt. You he took that. From the bottom up. Rebuilt it, but apparently not good enough for you. Two Big Ten titles yeah. and three Sweet Six teams, Sweet 16 teams were not good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you didn't feel like his ceiling was able to go higher than that? Look around. <laughs> Who, whose is? Were you going to go get, uh, what, John Gross? How'd that work out for <laughs> Illinois? Yeah. Exactly. Like, here's the deal. You are in, as basketball class status goes, you're upper middle class. That's okay. No, you're. you're, You can be that. You don't have just like have some self awareness. Yeah, they remind me of of two football programs. One is absolutely Michigan, and you know what's crazy is that Michigan is actually nationally been more relevant football wise you know at least they were ranked number two in 2006 whereas uh iu hasn't even made i mean gosh they made the sweet 16 but they haven't even gotten a game past that since 2002 um when they lost to maryland in the in the championship game um but 
Dude, like um, they remind me of Nebraska a dude, little, a little bit. Yeah, that no self awareness. Well, it's the Bo Pelini thing with Tom Crean, where you sort exactly. of think like we we deserve more than this. And listen, I don't blame a program for trying to hire a coach that thinks going to get him to the next level. But like, it, it's like firing Lloyd Carr. Like you think you're better than that? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like you can be better, but like, man, casting aside somebody that is so consistently successful, and and to uh, yeah, I mean they rushed on the on the Korean thing. Yes, his teams choked in the Sweet Sixteen because they had some really really good teams. He had but, some. Re- re- like, yeah, think about no, it. yeah, that's just it. It's like he had some really good teams. So to just run him out of town like that was uh, was short sighted. And now, I mean, you're dealing with the with the fallout of that. And I think kind of like the comedy of the whole thing is that like Indiana struggles to keep Indiana's best players in the state of yeah. Indiana. We, we got Dawson, like Gary Harris. Well, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jack, like recently. I yeah, mean, that's like, very recently. <laughs> I, I'm just like they they astound I mean, me. Zach Irvin was from Indiana. There are kids all over the place. And listen, I think a part of it comes from the fact that as a as a uh, citizen, as a resident of the state of Indiana, you think it's the the hotbed of basketball. And really, they put out an incredible amount of talent mm-hmm. in terms of a basketball state. They mm-hmm. really, really do. But um, you know how I know that people just feel like that is in, in that's entitled to them at the. You know how I that know program. that there's an incredible amount of talent in Indiana because Fort Wayne beat you this year. <laughs> Indiana Fort Wayne beat you this year. You know how I also know that there's talent at Indiana in the state of Indiana. Indiana State beat you this this year. year. Okay, and by by the way, by, by the way, by a combined between the two games, a combined forty three points, <laughs> both games at. Uh, what I think both were at home too. Tell me more about the banners you weren't alive for. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. I, mean, I just I can't with these guys. I mean, I can't. And and I'm, I'm. And listen, if they come in and beat us, we'll take our medicine. That's fine. But like I, that has a. I'm not talking about one game, dude. I'm talking yeah. about years of like this a silver spoon mentality that is undeserved. So, how'd that feel? A little better little better i mean that felt better than yelling at my own team yeah that was no fun <laughs> if at that's all, what so. you're asking um i guess we should probably talk about the matchup at, at least a little bit but uh indiana doesn't have a ton going for them they basically have two really good players and robert johnson and juan morgan they just um, lost uh duran davis for the season officially. that's not good at all uh torn achilles i believe Oof, that poor kid that sucks i know so um, they don't have any real plus three-point shooters and uh, josh newkirk is is the leader at 36 percent. but then you know morgan shoots 27 robert johnson 32 Devonte green 27 uh colin hartman 32 i mean these guys don't they're not a particularly team adept team from deep uh, they don't share the ball particularly well. They only average 14 assists a game. Um, I don't know what the scoring average against them is necessarily, but it seems like offensively it's it's Morgan and Johnson with with Newkirk uh, and Green kind of chipping in as the as the main yeah I the mean, main guys. Juwan Morgan's the guy. Yes, he he's their best player. And and he's going to present an interesting matchup. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Bridges will see him a lot, but that'll be interesting. I just like. I I am so it we will have if you thought this podcast was sad and <laughs> if they if Michigan State um has some negative results these Oof, next couple of games I I mean now we're starting to talk about a real we're starting to talk about if they if they come up short and 
some games coming up here, you're talking about one of the biggest letdowns in national letdowns. And then certainly one of the bigger dips that I can remember under Tom Izzo. The flip side you, is the opportunity is in front of you to... Uh, the schedule in front of Michigan State is extremely winnable. The, honestly, if you look at it and you just go on a talent basis right now, they there shouldn't even be a game that's all that close until they play Purdue in the middle of February. There really shouldn't. There really shouldn't. If we're completely honest with ourselves... Uh, there, if you go on talent alone, and honestly, any performance before these last three weeks, there's no reason they shouldn't win, shouldn't win all of those games. Right. But I mean, given these la- these last three games, it's not like they didn't happen. We can't just erase them. They happened, and this team has a lot of uh, a lot of questions to answer. And like we said earlier, y- you got 12 regular season games left to do it. Um, maybe you know a couple in the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. um, before you know you get to the tournament where uh, hey, listen you got a lot of lofty goals and you got to turn things around in a hurry here if you want to you want to hit them and I t- I do want to say I like I apologize if we sound you know harsher upset here but like listen the standard is high this team came into the mm-hmm. season ranked number one or number two we're all sitting here disappointed because they're all the way down at number nine this week. God forbid, um, but like, listen, we need to hold these guys to a higher standard because it's it's a it's a damn good team, and to let them lose games to their rivals and 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 do all it, like those results are, I'm sure they feel the same way in the locker room, but they're yeah. just not really all that acceptable. Absolutely, no, it's um, I mean, of course, yeah, I want, I I I don't want to be mad, but I'm also not going to just be like, oh. I'll, um, this is just what how it is, you know. Yeah. We should all just be okay with with mediocrity. I mean, like it's no. not okay. I think this team's going to be okay. No. I think the questions they can answer. I think a lot of these guys are looking in the mirror and thinking like, "What are we?" You know. At, again, I said this before the Michigan game, but I I think now especially, you've got guys doing some soul searching mm-hmm. and getting ready to answer questions and having to answer questions that are not fun. And you gotta. And again, it's mid January got to get kick things into gear here real soon so speaking of our friend tom cream we have um we have we have some thoughts or i rather have some thoughts on him um i like tom yeah sure do you, th- do you think he'll ever show up in east lansing what um, do you mean? just the rest of the year as like a fan friend to the program no no he's out He's, uh, he's on the yeah. I mean, he's on the blacklist. Uh, no, I don't think he's on the okay. blacklist necessarily. I just would be surprised if he showed up just to come to a game. I mean, I maybe think, I'd expect him to go to Michigan. That oh, that said, I was wondering about. Uh, I just wonder about his is like what's next for him. You Another know, like, job. Where like he it has to be for a major program though, right? Yeah, I would be surprised. Well. Because I mean, you I, don't go to you don't you don't go to the Mac. I mean, he's a good enough coach to to get a job at in at a power. power yeah, it's Power I mean. Five. He's got to be on the short list for a lot of programs. I mean, I would think so. I would hope so because I think he'd be a great hire. I think what he does better than a lot of coaches is breathes uh, energy into a program. I mean, again, it's not like he didn't do a lot of really good things at Indiana, and frankly, most the vast majority of schools 
would love that type of success. I mean, would kill for it. Yeah. Three Sweet Sixteens? Yeah, dude. Like, man, listen, even if they're just... Dis- Big Ten titles. Yeah, I mean, that's... Listen, dude, that's not easy to do. And we... Cl- hey, to be clear, I clown on Crane a lot because well, of the I mean, Sweet Sixteens. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, yeah, it is. That's why. And, like... And, like, he, they got rings for the Sweet 16. Yeah, it's dude, like, that's... Oof. It's like a Champions of Life scenario. Don't... Yeah, like, I, don't do that. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, wouldn't. <laughs> I, I Jonah, wouldn't. Jonah Hill gif uh, yeah. in the yeah. cut. Yeah. Don't do that, nah, dog. Yeah, nah. Nah, dog. Man. So you think, you think he'll... Uh, do you think... Here's a prop bet. All right. You think he will be hired on the next... Over or under three and a half months? Ooh. So... Ooh. Because we think he's going to get hired. Yes. I think that's what we I, I, I think he'll get hired. Yeah. I think he'll have a lot of job offers. I think it depends on if he feels as though one is to his liking and his caliber. Because I don't think he's just going to take a job. Like right. Like you said, a Mac or a right. lower level. I just don't think he'll do that. I agree. Um, and I think it also depends on uh, – a lot depends on what jobs are available. I think he'll get hired if the right program comes along. I think he's hired bef- not long after the season ends. I think it all depends. Now, here's an interesting one. Yeah. Although I think they just hired somebody last year. Who's so that? this is probably a bad a bad one. But I was going to say uh, a school like like DePaul hmm. would be a really good. Yeah. They and just... I know that they just hired a new head coach, right? Like this past year, or the year before. Yeah. But that's the type of school to me that would be really. It'd be really wise for yeah. them to invest in Tom Crean because he can create excitement, he can recruit, and he can build a program up from literally nothing. He's proven. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, IU is always going to be attractive based on you know whether they deserve it or not, based on their name a little bit. But um, whereas DePaul might not hold that same allure, yeah. but he has proven he can recruit. He can sell real tangible results to a lot yeah. of people. Um, yeah, I th- you wonder if there's a downtrodden program out there that. Maybe is the second fiddle to football, or yeah, you know, or has never really seen success yeah. at its yeah. highest level. That would be appealing, maybe. It would be an interesting one for me, and I think Ke- Kevin Stallings is there and just got hired like two years ago. But uh, our friends over at Pitt, Pitt is it? I'm just H2P. Um, I would. I think that'd be interesting, dude. They got because that's so Midwest bad, still. so fast. Yeah, I know. And, but like, he can sell history. They've got history. Yeah, they've got a fun uh, stadium. They've got a again a school that's you know a little city based and probably not as into basketball as they are football. Yeah, that's a that's um, a good little. Prop, that'd be an be an interesting one. We should be consulted by Tom Crean. I agree, Tom. Yeah, yeah, I know you're listening. After I just clowned, the, after I just made fun employer, of your your haircut, maybe you're cool with it because you probably maybe you're like, yeah, screw them. He's a great announcer too, by the <laughs> yeah. way. He's a really good color analyst. I enjoy listening. I appreciate, to him. yeah, as because he brings He's value. Smart. He's smart. He brings value to the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. or you Man. come come be an assistant with us. You know, that'd be fun. It, we did well. Sign him up. When bring him was. back. Bring him back. Bring him back. All right, guys. Well. uh it wasn't the the most upbeat podcast, but we thank you guys for sticking with us uh, and supporting us as always. So um, until next week, I am your co-host, Austin Smith. For your other co-host, John Kirby, this has been the only podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.